Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. You know, I was trying to figure out the last time I had a conversation with a Grammy Award winner, and then I remembered, never! Well, that's about to change. I want you to meet teacher, musician, role model, mentor, Melissa Salguero, 2018 Grammy Music Educator Award winner. Before Melissa joined the staff of PS48 in the South Bronx in 2010, that elementary school had been without a music program for 30 years. PS48 is located in one of the poorest congressional districts in the United States. 22% of the students are homeless. She built that music program from the ground up, raising more than $160,000, including the $50,000 she received on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. In addition to her job as general music teacher for grades 3 to 5, Melissa also leads the school's band and chorus. PS48 is her second teaching job. She taught for a year in Florida before moving to New York City. Melissa, who happens to be from the Sunshine State, got her bachelor's degree at the University of South Florida and her master's from the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. So, Melissa, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. The big question, first of all, is music a part of your DNA? Oh, my gosh. I, maybe I'm born with it. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. My parents definitely helped me uh, nourish and, and grow my love for music. Were either parent a musician? Do they play or do they no, sing or they no, just appreciated? You know, when they, they got me this little keyboard for Christmas one year, mm -hmm. and I just, it, you know, I played with the beats and played different sounds, and they just let me explore music on my own terms, and that really helped me. And then was it fostered for you? So I went on to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, middle school band where I learned to play trombone, and then I got a guitar, and then, you know, I joined high school. Um, and actually, there was a moment where I almost gave up on music uh, in high school because I went to band camp the first day, and I hated it. I didn't like the discipline. Too rigid? People, yeah, everybody was yelling. <laughs> I had to do push-ups, and uh, I'm not the push-up type. You had to do push-ups because yeah. at that point were you playing trombone and they didn't think you were strong enough well, to do that? you know, we they didn't have trombones in the marching band, so I had to learn a whole new instrument that I couldn't hold up very well. Like and, the tuba? Well, it, it's called a baritone, but um, <laughs> it's, it's Something pretty like heavy. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so um, I went home the first day, and I said, Mom, Dad, I, I'm not going back. How I, old were you? I was I, maybe... Uh, 15 okay. or 14 mm -hmm. years old, mm -hmm. a freshman. And, uh, you know, they, they did not let me quit. I'll tell you that. They uh, said, no, you committed to this. You gave them your word mm -hmm. that you would uh, participate in this. And, uh, you know, just because it's hard now doesn't mean that you can't get better at it. So I went back and against my will. <laughs> but I'm so glad that I did because that's really where I developed all my leadership skills. Really? And yeah, yeah. Um, I started as a freshman who couldn't hold up her instrument, and then I flourished to being the captain of the band. And even in, in college, too, same thing. I, I was like this little shy person, and then I was drum major of the entire 300-member marching band. That's crazy. A role that you relished? Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved every single minute, and I took it very seriously. Being in charge of that many people and, and leading them and being responsible for, you know, um, the pacing of rehearsal, and, and really, it, it led me to 
want to become a band director, this person who's helping nourish and and, um, helping other students grow. We have to talk about gender here. Yeah. That had to have been a bit of an anomaly, no? Or am I naive? Were there female band directors? I did not have a lot of female band directors in my life, but I just had, I had one. And she was there for a very short amount of time um, because there was some things that happened in in my high school Mm -hmm. where uh, the band director we had uh, grew up with, something happened, you know, he left and then they brought her in and then they brought him back. So there was like, we only had her for, I think, maybe a few months. Mm -hmm. But the mark she left on me, Ms. Schleit, she she actually uh, inspired me to, you know, Oh, to try to reach, this. to reach. Yeah, uh-huh. women can mm-hmm. do this, and, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't oftentimes see a lot of female conductors. No kidding. Yeah, just the other day, my girlfriend and I we went to go see Phantom of the Opera, and they have a female conductor. And I went down there and I said, "Oh, bravo, bravo! <laughs> you know, great job! You know, because you you don't oftentimes see that." You know, I have to tell you parenthetically that I interviewed a woman, Rebecca Cherian, who plays trombone for the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, and. Lauren Mazel was a guest conductor, and when he saw her sitting in the brass section, it, it was like, what, are you kidding? She really had such a tough road to hoe. I'm actually, like, very proud of where we're going. Like I mentioned before, there's there's groups for women band directors to unite mm-hmm. with each other mm-hmm. and, and to have this conversation about it's not a man's world, you know, right, it's like, right. it's, and, and you can really do anything you set your mind to. So that's like one of the things that like kind of sets people, regardless of gender, it, it sets them apart, you know, having that, that uh, mentality of persevering through right. everything. Right. And not p- knocking people out of the yeah, way, but yeah, forging yeah. a path oh, for yourself. Definitely. But when you were in college, were you planning to study education? Were you going to be a teacher? I knew I wanted to be a teacher uh, in fifth grade, actually. I had this fifth grade teacher, Miss Bauer, and this is wonderful because I got to fly her up to come to the ceremony where they announced, you know, I was the winner. For the Grammys. Yeah. So I got oh, to, like, well. pay homage to oh, her. Oh, my God. She gave me goosebumps. Yeah. She, well, she's a, a principal down in South Carolina right now. And she was the kindest, most nurturing teacher I've ever had in my life. And there was a moment in, in my life where I was, you know, this little rambunctious mm-hmm. 10-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and I struggled. Okay. Definitely struggled in school. And she saw potential in me. And she called me in for a parent-teacher conference night, and I thought I was in trouble, but Actually, the opposite happened is she made me a safety patrol, huh. <laughs> like a hall monitor. Mm-hmm. And I was I, I was I remember being shocked at that moment because I was like, what? Was she me? nuts? Uh, yeah. yeah. What? Uh, and that moment was something that sparked this little fire started mm-hmm. in me for helping other people. And that was when I and that set knew, you off yeah, huh? I on that trajectory I to be a teacher mm-hmm. and, and, and help others. Definitely. So. You got your first teaching job upon graduation right in Florida. What prompted you to leave and come up north? Well, I had an opportunity um, to come up here because of a relationship, so I came up to New so York. So it was yeah. it was not uh, professional. Well, I, yeah, it, I mean that it was, was not the catalyst. Yeah, no, but mm-hmm. I, I I had that opportunity, and and I'm a huge believer that everything happens for, for a reason, reason. Mm-hmm. and and I. Wow. I mean, my path here has been right, left, right, up, down, you know, backwards, you know. And definitely coming here, I knew when I had the opportunity to come to New York, I said, I got to take this because 
there's so much history in music. There's so much culture here. And as soon as I stepped foot, it, well, it was a long journey, but as soon as I stepped foot in that classroom, I knew this is where I needed to teach. Well, as I mentioned, you got your master's in Bridgeport. Yeah, I lived in Harlem for a while, mm-hmm. and then I moved to Connecticut, and I went to the University of Bridgeport. Right. I uh, got my master's there, um, and I still live in Bridgeport, so it's it's a, quite the trek to come down to the For Bronx. people who don't know, that right. is a schlep. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. But you got this job in New York from Florida, right? right you didn't yeah. come here without a job. It might oh, have been I did. Mo- I did come oh, here without a job. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> the, the, it really was strictly the relationship that brought you up yeah. to New York. When I got here, I didn't have a job. I was making smoothies at, you know, Jamba <laughs> Juice and Columbus Circle and um and I was literally walking from school to school in the neighborhoods with my resume, just hoping to get a meeting with somebody. I was online applications. And I finally found this organization in New York called Education Through Music. They're a nonprofit that really helps put music teachers in schools that need it. Regardless of socioeconomic status, these schools need music. That's the first thing to go, absolutely. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. So they put me at PS48 because they had fostered a... a you know, a connection with that school. And they said, okay, we need a a music teacher. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Did you know what you were getting into? Mm. (laughs) Well, yes and In terms of the challenges. I don't mean that in any kind of I never thought that I would have to fight (laughs) so much to justify what I I love to do because I see what music did for me. And I kind of take for granted sometimes that everybody has that experience, But it's not true. Well, do you feel that maybe you were sold, not a false bill of goods, but you were hired to be the music teacher, correct? But they didn't have any instruments or they didn't have a music program. So you were expected to basically create one? Well, that's actually where Education or Music helped me out so much. They provided me with professional development. They provided me with resources for grant writings and, and helping me bring more people in. They're a huge part of my success, but also another part of the success is that I don't like to take uh, no answers, and uh-huh. I like to go if if, mm-hmm. some, if you tell me something's impossible, I'm gonna go out there to prove that it's wrong. I'm I'm also oh, God, very you're stubborn. You're a good resource. <laughs> I'm, I've got your phone number. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, and I'm up for the challenge, mm-hmm. and I definitely. Um, If there's a will, there's a way. You know, you must find the way. So what were you tasked with? You get hired, and what was your job description? Well, uh, yeah, that's to teach music. And and basically that was it. We're going to put music in here. There you go. And over the years, it's turned into... I am the music teacher. I'm the band teacher. I'm the chorus teacher. Uh, I incorporate science with my lessons. I'm the webmaster. I run the Facebook page, the Twitter, the Instagram. So this is no pun intended, but you are a one-woman band. (laughs) Yeah, you you got it. Yeah, I, I run the YouTube page. I love, you know, the videos are another passion of mine that uh, the kids love to have a part in. Mm -hmm. They actually helped me make my Grammy. I don't want to call it audition video, but like my my Grammy uh, story. Yeah, the, yeah. The, Why you should be considered? Yeah, yeah. the, the video mm-hmm. that uh, helped me win a Grammy. Mm-hmm. So the kids are very proud that they had a, a part in that. You know, I don't, I don't know 
uh, how much you've seen of it, but I have the kids down in one of the hottest days in New York City out in the playground below my classroom, and I, I'm using my marching band technique saying, okay, stand right here, and I'm putting them in numbers, number one, number two, number three, number four, and because I was rapping in the video, and the song is like the 10 things you need to know about Miss Salguero and like why, what makes me different. Which is what they sang. Yeah. What they rapped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How great is that? So it was a fun video to make. But, you know, when I got hired, that, that's, that, that wasn't in like the job description. That's something kind of that I put my personality into it. To start there in 2010 and to see where you are these years later must really even blow your mind. Oh, it it definitely blows my mind how far the program has come. Thanks to you. (laughs) Thank you. No, (laughs) well, that's just stating a fact. Yeah. When I walked in the first day, it was just me and a guitar and the kids staring back at me, you know, and and I'm I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I was teaching middle school in Florida, so these kids are much different. Because you said it was only grades three through five? Three through five. But the school is K through six? K, yeah. So so we we actually have another music teacher also that does the younger grades. Okay. That's another challenge in itself because she's building up the foundation for mm-hmm. me. Yes, exactly. So when I get them in third grade... There's some kind now, of a basis. Yeah, yeah. Now they're reading music third grade. They're sight singing. It's great because, well, when I started, they... we. It was like they they didn't know how to read music. They didn't they didn't have anything. They mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. scratch. So I had to take something that I loved, and and the only song I could think of was "Don't Stop Believing," mm-hmm. the journey. And, yeah, and I'm there with the guitar and singing with the kids, and they just ate it up. They loved it, and they 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 were probably screaming some of the lyrics. But you know what? At that point, to see these kids in the South Bronx, every single one of them participating in something together. That was truly a moment for me because you don't oftentimes see these kids working together. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, you know, in a math lesson, you know, maybe groups, groupings like a big thing and student choice and everybody's like doing their own task. But in music, we're all working together. So it's kind of like this community building class. Did you ever find that you spent a lot of your time defending your students? Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, with all the news, all of the um, the TV stations coming out, some, you know, there's some some people who want to paint it as these are poor kids in the Bronx and, and that's their story. And there's so much more to it. And so when people really take the time to get to know what what I do and what the South Bronx has to offer. Like, for example, there's this organization called Hunts Point Alliance for Children, and they put on a full Shakespeare show. Shakespeare. Okay. South Bronx Shakespeare. Yeah, that seems like oil and water. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's beautiful. Last year they did Romeo and Juliet. They had a chorus. They had a lighting crew. And they're bringing these enrichment programs to these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this other organization called The Point. They're teaching these kids computer skills. They're teaching them, you know, they have like a, they have all these classes and they put on productions too. And they're big in the community. And those are the type of things that really make the South Bronx unique are these wonderful organizations bringing people together. For a group that has always been so marginalized. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's an industrial area. Yes, there's crime. Yes, the kids have asthma. And those things 
I tell my students all the time, like when when they're talking about test scores, I say, you're not your test score. Mm, mm. You're Jacob. Yes. You know, yes. I, I, I'm so that's so important to me that they know that they're more than just a number. A stat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that's really like a message I want to help spread about the South Bronx, because it's more than just like graffiti and and yeah. and, and, and crime, and, yes. yeah, and crimes, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And clearly, your job is not somebody who just phones it in. How did you get onto the Ellen DeGeneres show? <laughs> Advocating and giving my students a voice has been something I've been so passionate about. So I want to say in 2012, we had um, built up our arsenal of instruments through lots of grants. VH1, Save the Music, Mr. Holland's Opus. I will send out every summer probably close to 100 grants, and maybe I'll hear back one or two. You do this all by yourself? Well, I mean, yeah, the other music teacher helps me out, too. But, you know, it's a huge passion of mine. So I'm very, very driven. A labor of love. Okay. All right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, 2012, our school got broken into over spring break. I come in, turn on the lights, and I see, like, okay, something's off. My desk, the, the, the drawers of the desk were all toppled over. Everything, the, I have instruments out of the case and some of them broken and, and just empty cases lying around. I see my drums and they have holes punched into them. Oh, good Lord. And it was like, okay, what is it took me a second to process what was going on but I'll never forget like just my heart sinking and I'm thinking okay our concerts in like a few weeks okay what are we going to do uh how are we going to recover from this was the whole school vandalized yeah actually they they got a hold of a master key that opened every door. So that number that they that they said in Ellen, you know, thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment is laptops, smart board, uh, projectors, uh, all of this equipment that we needed to to really reach to function. Students. Yeah, to function in in, in every day. So um, I made it into a lesson. You know, I'm teaching the kids. Like, yes, this has happened. So let's talk about some ways that we can recover from this. And um, my chorus kids came up with some lyrics, and they said, "Miss O'Garro, can you make this into a song?" I love writing songs, and and you know, so I sat down at the piano. I'm like, "Okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" And they were so inspired by that, and so they're like, "Can you film this? Can you just put this up so that we have this song? We can sing it, you know." And some of the lyrics are, uh, uh, "You're not gonna bring us down because we're strong." We will rise from the ashes because we're strong. That now just me really grabbed again. me. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I got I to gotta help them. And the thing that made me the most proud was that they chose music to express how they were feeling. Wow. So that was like a moment for me that I was like, okay, I'm doing something right here. Long story short, uh, we put it up on YouTube, and then people started sharing it. And eventually it made its way to Ellen's desk, and she saw the video. She was very moved by it, uh, and rightfully so. So you were asked to appear on her program? Yeah. They uh, they flew me out to California, and actually I didn't know at first that I was going to appear on the show. They, they kind of were, like, tricking me a little bit uh, so that they could surprise me. So I, I was there under the impression that, you know, I'm just going to go see a taping. Mm-hmm. And then the <laughs> next thing I know, she's talking about me and my school, and she's, come on down. And I just, <laughs> I, I cry very easily. <laughs> so um, that was a great experience. And, and did you know she was going to hand you a check? 
I never like to expect anything. <laughs> so just being in the room, getting to watch the show was like, that was like a great experience. And then she's, she's pulled, she pulled out the, the doors open and I see all these instruments and then the drum set that says PS48. Oh, I've got yeah. Oh my God. It, it was so cool. And then, you know, I thought that was. Yeah, that's that, enough. That was enough, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. And then she goes, Andy, bring out my checkbook. And here's a check for $50,000. Oh my God. And I, I told her, I said, this is life changing to these kids. This is life changing to the school because now we can purchase every resource we need to build a sustainable program that doesn't need to rely on budgets, mm -hmm. you know, every year. And we kind of have carte blanche. Yeah. And when I was on the show, I said, okay, this is like, this is the peak of, this is my career. This is like what I'm going to be known for. Yeah, you little know? did you know. <laughs> I had no There idea. were more chapters to be written. Right. Yeah, because um, I'm so thankful for everything that happens in my life. And I, like I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. Right. So the break-in was like the best, worst thing that ever happened to mm -hmm, us. Mm -hmm. And from there... My kids are teaching me every day, and they're teaching me not to stop, to mm -hmm. keep going. And I get nominated for a Grammy. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> My assistant uh, principal, Miss Adrima, she has been nominating me for five years. <laughs> and I think also a lot of my, uh, my my godmother was nominating me. Behind your back. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I get an email that says... Um, Congratulations, you've been nominated for a Grammy. Here are the things you need to do. And, you know, you have to make a video. You have to submit yourself teaching. You have to talk about the impact that you've made to not only your students, but also music education. So making those videos, I'll say this, you know, every single time I talk about the videos because it's such a challenge to justify, you know, what you're doing mm -hmm. and saying like, yeah, I deserve a grant. No, wait. Mm. That's so hard for me to say as a person. I understand. Yeah. Because I don't want to say like, I'm the best because that's very weird for me to say. I'm also like teaching my students, like be humble about, you know, who you are. Mm -hmm. So I submit all my materials and then I get my first rejection letter. <laughs> and that's okay because uh -huh. the winners of the past years have been so moving to me and very, very inspiring. When I'm looking and I'm watching their stories, I'm, of course, crying because that's, I'm just easily, you know, emotional. Well, you're moved and you're touched and you're impacted. And very inspired. And then, you know what? I see, okay, yeah. Yeah, I could do way better than what I'm doing. Then the next year, rejection, rejection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I told my students I saved all of the, you know, I call them rejection letters, but it's like, you know, the, we regret to inform, mm -hmm. you know, that, those kind of letters. And um, they see that and they see like. That you, you're not giving yeah, up in spite of that. You're up. not defined by those rejection right. letters. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. for the longest time, it was on my fridge. And uh, when I would look at it, I would say, you know. I can do better. And every day I still, even though now, you know, I've been named the Grammy music educator for 2018, like, I still think, like, I can do so much better. I can do better. Let's keep going. What else am I going to learn? Well, why should you stop? It's mission work. You are right. on this mission. So describe to us what happened when there wasn't a rejection letter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the hardest thing about this was holding in a secret for over two months. So I knew uh, way before, oh, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, Neil Portnow calls me. 
He's the president and CEO of the Recording Academy. He gives me a phone call, and he's he's like a jokester. He's stringing me along. Uh-huh. Like, I'm Teasing talking, you? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, we have this Grammy Award. I'm like, yes, I know. I, I've been, <laughs> I know. I'm well aware. And um, eventually, you know, he, he says, uh, well, you know, i got to give you some good news. Uh, we have this Grammy Music Educator Award, and you are our recipient this year. Ah, that moment was so joyful. Like, my heart was just so filled. And, you know, there's no word for that emotion that I was feeling, but just overjoyed. Oh, I bet. And my heart was so full um, because it was a culmination of all the the hard work that I put forward. And the acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, the validation of of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and that I am making a difference. And I truly... I needed that at that moment, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, because, you know, it's been a struggle sometimes having to fight for what you believe in so deeply. For sure. And constantly having to... Convince, convince and and say, this isn't Stop already. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it's, it's, it's so good for me personally that it happened at the right time, because if it had happened... Years before, I don't know if it would have had the same impact for right, you, or yeah, the same it, potency. Yeah, it's definitely. But you've referenced this in our conversation, and you've come to accept that—that there is a reason for all of that. And people might, when who cares if they think you're crazy to think that way? <laughs> so when you got over the initial shock and the initial high, what was it like to be with all those celebrities? Did you feel like you died and went to heaven? Oh. I oh I'm still like processing it because I was like treated like a VIP. Yeah, you know? well done. And, and we're, we're I'm I'm walking the red carpet and <laughs> and the the coolest thing for me I know you know James comes sits down next to me acknowledges me on national TV but I, I got to tell you the coolest thing was meeting uh, my childhood music Icon? hero uh-huh. Lisa Loeb and. I bumped into her several times during the whole week. And, you know, I got to gush speak to her and say, <laughs> you are the reason why I wanted to learn to play guitar. Oh, wow. And that was such a cool moment to be able to communicate that to someone I looked up to so and still do. Mm-hmm. She's making children's music now. And that was a really cool moment. And as I'm walking the red carpet, she's right next to me, doing an interview right next to me. So that just was happenstance. It was... It it just so happened. You know, my dad's watching the live feed, Mm -hmm. and he's tagging me on everything in Facebook, and and then Lisa Loeb comes up, and you see me behind her, and he's going crazy on on all the social media. It's so funny. So I'm I'm right next to Lisa Loeb, and then at the end, where they're doing all the the pictures, right? You kind of go through stations. With the paparazzi. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, clicking away. Melissa, look here... I never heard my name, you know, so many times. She's she's right next to me again. And I look at her. I said, are you following me? <laughs> are you stalking yeah, me? are you following me? And, and then she goes, oh, come here. Let's take a picture together. I, I just about died because that moment, you know, was so special. I mean, I can't imagine all of these memories so permanently etched yeah. in, in who you are. It was I, beautiful. I, it was a beautiful week. I learned so much, and I was inspired so much. We we followed around the Grammy Camp Jazz Band. We got to see them record in the studio. We got to see them perform. And those kids, 17, 18-year-old kids playing 
for Grammy nominees. Wow. That was so cool. And 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 sharing the experience with them and, and kind of like looking around and, and saying like, wow, I'm really here. Can you see yourself in your children's eyes, in your students' eyes, the excitement that they have and the joy that they have is what you have as well, and that you're never too old for that. Absolutely. I, I'm, I, I'm a big kid. And really, like, my my passion is for helping my students and, and teaching them my and the love of music. Well, that's pretty yeah. damn clear. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but also, I want to help teachers. I want to help inspire more teachers to bring their own unique thing to Mm -hmm, teaching. mm -hmm. For me, it's science. Mm -hmm. You know, when I pull out a carrot in class and a drill, Mm -hmm. my students are like, okay, what is she going to do now? And what are you doing? Well, I'll take the carrot and I'll make a recorder and I'll start playing music on it. On a carrot. On a carrot. Mm -hmm. And my kids, all of a sudden, they're on the edge of their seats. They're they're paying attention. 100% of them are engaged and wondering, how is that working? And they're asking questions. They're asking me questions about, you know, okay, what, how did you do that? And I say, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. There's, there's my lesson right there. Mm-hmm. When I pull out a piece of paper, roll it up, put a, a, a little needle on the end, and I show them a vinyl record, they are like, what is she up to now? And I say, well, let me show you. And I'm playing Frank Sinatra for them on the record with just a needle and a piece of paper. Wow. And they are... Eating it up. Yeah, they mm-hmm. love it. They're like, I thought you needed stare, a, a speaker. Mm-hmm. I said, well, we just made a speaker. And then they go, what's the difference between that and a speaker at home? And I say, well, I'll show you. And I make a, a speaker out of magnets and copper wire. And these kids are learning about how it works. Because at the end of the day... Not all my students will grow up to be musicians. Well, of course not. Yeah. But they'll appreciate music in a different way. Absolutely. They will. They're going to be the people that are uh, in positions to help support their music programs. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be the ones that say, hey, music is really important and it needs to be in our schools. We can't cut from something that gives so much. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It, to me, it's such a no-brainer. And the fact that we have to fight for it just makes me angrier and more determined. I also just want to ask, you, you talked about the science and the instruments. What about the chorus part, the oh, singing yeah, part? singing. <laughs> I uh, grew up and I was a musician with instruments. Right. So when I had to sing for my kids. I was really... Sing for your yeah, supper. Say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only type of singing I did was in the shower, shower. and in the car, right? You know? <laughs> of course. And so then I had to teach my students how to sing. And as, read music. And read music. Yeah. It's 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 not as easy as it sounds, but we make it fun mm-hmm. at my school. You know, uh, you know, I'm doing everything to try and um, help them be successful and gain those skills that they need. You know, at the end of the day, you can go on YouTube and learn how to read music, but you can't go on YouTube and participate in a ensemble. So there's something very powerful about a group of kids singing together and making beautiful music. And it's definitely challenging because when I, you know, I have these new students that come in all the time. One kid said to me, oh, I don't sing. And I say, okay. No problem. You can just sit there, just enjoy. And then he's like kind of looking at, this happened this year, actually. He's looking to kind of feel out, and he sees everybody else's singing. And the week that CBS came to do the clip, I'm I'm playing the piano, and I'm looking over, and I see him singing. And that, oh, man. that just really... <laughs> 
was it made me smile so much. I'm just and I didn't say anything to mm-hmm. him. I didn't point mm-hmm. it out. I'm just playing the piano. And I'm like, yes, I got him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a con- he's a convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that happens so often. So all the students in grades three f- through five yeah. know you because they have you. Yeah, they do. Yep, that's one of the great things about my school is that every kid. It's a music education from pre-K mm-hmm. all the way to fifth grade. We have about 708 students at the school. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them gets to see us for an hour. Isn't that fabulous? It's wonderful. So what's in your future? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, when the Ellen thing happened, I thought that was it. Yeah. When, when this Grammy thing, I, I don't know how I can... Top this. Yeah, I don't know how I can top that. But, you know, definitely... I will say that one thing will be true is whatever challenges that lie ahead at whatever wall mm-hmm. is in front of me. You'll I'm scale. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to scale it. If I can't climb it, then I'm going to find a way to dig under Underneath it, it. Or, mm-hmm. or burst through it or, you know, maybe walk around it. You Who are knows? such a freaking inspiration, <laughs> man. Thank I, you so much. And I just have to say, to meet women like you only just reinforces for me how much I love what I do. Not only do you set the bar so high, but it's contagious how you feel. You really are Oh, you're going to make me cry now. Stop oh, it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, oh, man. thank you so much for sharing who you are. The world is a better place because of you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And that is just, I mean, that's, that's it hands down. Thank you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.